welcome to Power Play. My name is Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. And this is the inaugural podcast of Power Play. First podcast I've ever done. You too, right? Yeah, I've never been involved in a podcast before. All right, well, I think our first one is going to be pretty good. Uh, why don't you go ahead and run down what we're going to be talking about today. Different things that we're wanting to discuss today is uh, we're going to do a debate segment entitled Role Playing on the Run. And we're going to discuss role-playing games on portable consoles, portable systems. Then we're going to talk about the ugliest video game characters that you can think of. <laughs> I, I like that segment. Yeah, that's going to be funny because uh, me and Jim are pretty hideous ourselves. But um, <laughs> Speak for yourself, we, buddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, at least myself. I, I'm not that handsome. But uh, there's so many ugly-ass game characters out there that I can feel better about myself when I play certain games. Then we're going to do Editor's Choice. What's on everybody's minds right now is the launch of PlayStation 3 and the new Nintendo Wii system. And we're going to kind of debate those two consoles, their strengths, their weaknesses, versus the already next-gen console release of the Xbox 360. And... Then we're going to talk about what we're currently playing, and then we have a segment entitled What Would You Do? Uh, This week we're going to be discussing what would you rather do instead of playing 100 hours of Superman for the Nintendo 64. (laughs) I can think of a lot of things I would rather do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of things that I would rather do than play 100 hours of that game. A lot of things I'd rather do than play uh, five minutes of that game. And uh, first segment, uh, I guess, on the table is role-playing games. Should role-playing games be on handheld systems? Um, they're usually designed to be played for extended periods of time. Because of that reason, they're not really uh, well-suited for handheld systems. But I would like to argue to the contrary, because the last two role-playing games that I was really into and actually finished were for the Game Boy Advance system. I bought the two-pack of Final Fantasy 1 and 2, and I find that even though these types of games are designed to be very long games, that since I work 40 hours a week, uh, have a, you know, a family at home to take care of, that... You know, I don't have all the time in the world to just sit down and do marathon sessions on my console, but if I have a role-playing game such as Final Fantasy in my pocket, then I'm more inclined to actually get into the genre because I I wouldn't have time otherwise. I'm going to have to say that uh, I don't really agree with that because I think since they are such long games, it's definitely difficult to play them for short periods of time because, first of all, in most RPGs that I've played they really lack frequent save points. Well, that's not as true for at least the adaptation that I was just talking about because they have made saving a whole lot easier. In fact, with the Final Fantasy series, at least on Game Boy Advance, now this is this program is uh, prior to the release that I'm looking forward to personally, and that's Final Fantasy 3. You and the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, probably going to be the best Final Fantasy uh, this year. Um, 
I'm much more looking forward to that than Final Fantasy XII for PlayStation 2, um, which is a lot less like Final Fantasy than the DS Final Fantasy. Uh, that remake looks incredibly beautiful. Um, not only are, is it 3D graphics and uh, the battle system is being controlled by the touchscreen, but it's uh, it's also the first you know time I will actually have a chance to play that Final Fantasy since it will be the first release of it in North America. So not only is it a lost chapter in the Final Fantasy saga, but it's been completely redone with uh, CG cutscenes, 3D graphics, and it's going to have unique gameplay for the Nintendo DS. So that alone has me excited, but if they do like they did with the Game Boy Advance versions, then you'll be able to sa- save pretty much wherever you want, because that's that's how that was set up for the Game Boy Advance. Now you said... It's a lost chapter. Uh huh. Final Fantasy series. Yeah. If I recall, wasn't it on the Super Nintendo? Final Fantasy three. That is a misconception that a lot of people have. Um, Final Fantasy three was out for the Super Nintendo, but what you're thinking of, in fact, is Final Fantasy six, because the Final Fantasy three in the United States was actually Final Fantasy six in Japan. So the series actually goes. Final Fantasy 1 and 2, and that was released on the Famicom, or the Nintendo Entertainment System, and then Final Fantasy 3 was also, but it was never released stateside. Um, Final Fantasy 4 was released as Final Fantasy 2 here in the United States, and Final Fantasy 4 in Japan. Um, Final Fantasy 5 never had a release over here until the PlayStation version came out. Uh, on the Final Fantasy Anthology disc, and then Final Fantasy VI was Final Fantasy III when it was released over here. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of confusing to a lot of people. But Final Fantasy III, the one that many people know of as three, is actually six. Wow! So we're getting an entirely new experience here in America with Final Fantasy III on the DS. Mm-hmm. Yep. Final Fantasy III on the DS, and it's not going to be obviously the exact same game. They have fleshed out the uh, characters a little bit. There's a more detailed plot and so forth. So it's uh, a lot more expanded and extended than the original game was. But at the same time, it still keeps the flavor and structure of uh, the original. That's what they're basing it off of. But the story and the plot and the characters and uh, what you can do in the game are, are uh, have been expanded. Well, I would hope they took the time to uh, make sure you could save, especially on the DS. The handheld, you're only going to have 5-10 minutes to play sometimes, and you need to save it quickly. You don't need to be looking around for an ink ribbon or anything like that to try right. and save your game. Yeah, exactly, especially if you're on the crapper and your boss is coming. Uh, <laughs> you're going to want to... My boss better not be coming into the crapper with me. <laughs> when you work in retail, weird things happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that I will say for the people who are against this issue is the fact that when you are dealing with characters and complex plot points, it is harder to follow if you're playing your role-playing Final Fantasy game on your 15-minute break or your lunch period, you know, when you're going outside for a smoke and you're, you know, you whip out your Game Boy or in this case, you know, the DS 
and you're going to play. A lot of times, you might have forgotten some of what has happened over the course of all these little segments of play. So that's one thing I can kind of think of when I think back as to how I experienced it. You almost, by the time you're refreshed on the plot, it's time for you to move on with your day. So that's one one area that I do agree with. Now that's definitely my biggest biggest uh, hurdle to get over as far as RPGs on the go. I, I, it's hard enough for me to follow some of these plots when I'm sitting down playing for two or three hours at a time, let alone on the crapper for ten minutes trying to get the gist of the Final Fantasy 3 plot. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, thankfully they've made, uh, at least up until this point with the release of Final Fantasy 1 and 2 for Game Boy Advance, the plot of the first, especially the first Final Fantasy game, is pretty thin. So you basically sure. have a party of heroes that are chosen, you know, to they have orbs in their chosen to save the world it's cut and dry and there's not a lot of uh not a lot of real meaty conversations or real drama the characters don't even have their own names and their own stories Uh, they're just their classes but then you take a game like final fantasy 7 which is one of my favorite games i know a lot of people say it's overrated but it's definitely one of my favorite rpgs ever and that game has such a deep plot and you by the end of it you care for those characters so much I don't think there's any way you could get the same experience playing it for 10-15 minutes at a time on a handheld I yeah. think it would be very difficult yeah so I'm I, I do I do kind of agree with that angle and I, I'm looking forward to seeing exactly how that adapts to the new release on the Nintendo DS later this year uh, seeing how the Final Fantasy 3 actually um, balances portable role-playing games with an interesting plot and characters. Because if you don't have that in, in modern role-playing games, you're, you're basically you're not you know, pushing the envelope at all. And while this is a classic that's been out already for you know, well over a decade you're going to obviously have a lot of that retro feel to it. But I'm looking forward to seeing exactly how far they've stretched the uh, expansion as far as the characters, the individual uh, drama of the characters, as well as the the main story in general. And hopefully they'll be able to hold everybody's attention, even though it's in a portable form. Because I just... uh, The the idea of of having a portable role-playing game of that grand scale is very novel and very cool at the same time if it's not going to keep your interest because you're constantly forgetting what's been happening in your short little play sessions then then that wouldn't be very good either yeah i think that is really the biggest obstacle to overcome in uh, role-playing games for these handheld systems Um, especially on the ds the ds is a kind of system that you want to pick up and play for a few minutes at a time you're waiting at the doctor's office or the dentist's yeah, office, or yeah. like you said, you're outside on a smoke break. Yeah, exactly. That's how they've been marketing it too. If you've noticed, yeah, absolutely. The commercials are all about. They, they've even coined the phrase "touch generation," and those games uh, have a, their own logo now. Mm-hmm. When you uh, are out there stocking the shelves of your game store, you'll notice uh, that "touch generation" logo and Reggie the Nintendo president 
has publicly said that basically the intention of their touch generation games is so more people can get into gaming and they can spread gaming to a wider audience and that can be done by you know having people who don't really play games in marathon sessions be able to pull out their DS and play for a few minutes at a time so that's that's kind of been what they've been shooting for yeah. so in the middle of all this um, here comes Final Fantasy 3. Here comes three. Final Fantasy 3, <laughs> a game that's going to take like 40 hours <laughs> to finish. And that's, that's kind of contradictory to this touch generation. Hey, I'll tell you, touch generation. you sit down in the BMV, you might be playing through that whole game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's definitely a good point. No, but I, I saw one of the touch generation ads, which was three people sitting in like a doctor's office waiting room. And... Uh, one person had the DS, and she had a big smile on her face and looked like she was having fun, and the other two were pe- people were sitting there like statues, like bored as could be. <laughs> and I thought that was a really good ad. It was one of the Touch Generation ads. I right. forget, it was in a magazine somewhere, I forget which one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, compare the DS to, like, the PSP, which the PSP, in my mind, is a little more geared towards extended play because, yes. I mean, with the UMD disc, you're going to be waiting for the... Waiting for the disc to spin up anyway, yeah. which could Load take who knows how long. But truly, I think that's one of the reasons for the PSPs. Not only is it so much more expensive than the Nintendo DS, and that's kind of hurt its sales, but one of the reasons that I don't think it's, you know, it's not selling as well as the DS, and that's obvious, especially now with the new DS Lite and all the uh, Touch Generation games, new Super Mario Brothers, Brain Age, um, scores of... Uh, very, very popular games that are driving sales on the system. PSP games, like you mentioned, are designed for a lot longer play sessions. They're not really geared towards what we, you know, have grown up on in our Game Boys and Game Boy Colors, where, you know, there were certainly games on there that took a while to beat, but at the same time, it's something you could easily put on pause, slide in your pocket, and start up later. With a lot of the PSP releases, they're basically mini versions of PlayStation, PlayStation 2 titles. Exactly, and I think that's their biggest problem, is they're shooting for that whole PS2 experience. It doesn't work on a handheld. It just doesn't. People don't have time to sit. If they're going to sit down and play a video game for extended periods of time, they're going to sit in front of their PS2. They're not going to play on a 3-inch screen on their handheld. Yes. Yep, they're going to sit in front of their computer, they're going to sit down to their console and their couch, they're going to be comfortable, mm-hmm. and they're going to have, you know, better controls, better graphics. Yep. They're going to have probably a wired network instead of, uh, you know, m- more people still have wired networks in their home than they have wireless. And they're going to, when they're going to put that kind of time into a game session, they're going to do it in the best way that they can. And... uh PSP is, is not, not as good <laughs> as a as a console, even though it's really really technically impressive. Oh sure, it's not. It doesn't have that magic, you know, gaming on the run formula that somehow Nintendo has patented for the last twenty years. <laughs> the Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, ever since the Game Boy, oh, man. they have owned handhelds, Absolutely. and they continue to own handhelds. But the PSP is the DS killer. Game Boy killer. <laughs> Who said that? Everybody says that. Everybody who's never played a DS, that is. 
Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, there, I mean, I work with a lot of PSP fans, and yeah. when I ask them, what games do you actually play on it? They say, oh, I, I don't. I watch movies on it, or I play, or I, you know, I send files to my friends when I'm at work, or... You know, I, it's more of a techno geek device. It's, it's a multimedia a, device. That's what it is. It is it's not, not a game, game machine. machine. No, and it's not. It's not being sold because it's a great portable gaming machine. Absolutely not. It's being sold because it's so technically impressive, and you can you can mod it, and you can add things to it, and do all these neat things with it. But you're not playing, you know not playing Mario Brothers on it, you're not playing games on it, you're not playing Mario Kart with, well, you know. Obviously you're not uh, playing any first party play. Nintendo games on it. <laughs> well, you can get some emulators for that. Yeah. Play some original Mario Brothers, how about that? <laughs> yeah, you, you could go through all the trouble to do that. Um, but it's it's not being sold because it's a game machine. Uh, well, getting back to our, our main topic here, is role-playing on the run, not uh, how the PSP sucks and DS rules. Uh, do you have any any reasons for role-playing on the run? I'd say the PSP sucks. No, neither did I. Not in so many words. But I mean, I, as soon as I can uh, afford to spend half my year's wage on one, I'll probably get one. <laughs> yeah, I think you get two games with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's okay, the, so main back to the main topic again? Role-playing on the run, I think, is what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, can you come up with any... Any more reasons for role-playing on the run? Why we should see more of it? Um, basically, I think it's one of the... Uh, the DS, obviously, I'm I'm a total DS fan. I think you've decided that already, probably, if you're listening. But I think it's one of the most exciting genres that are out there that, that, that is role-playing. in existence. And what I would like to see, and the reason why I'm so pro, you know bring on the RPGs to the portables is a lot to do with the unique features on the Nintendo DS. Sure. Uh, DS has a microphone built-in touchscreen. I've played, you know, a lot of the DS games and Nintendogs is, is kind of what I'll use as an example. With that game, it's not for everyone, obviously, but you can interact with the game world like you can't on anything else. You can actually touch the little creatures. You can touch your dogs. You can play with them with the stylus and little dog toys and things like that. So you can have a real... You can almost feel like you're physically involved in the game world. As well as you can communicate vocally with the dogs. And I think that it would be exciting to see that adapted to a a more serious role-playing game. Okay, then let me ask you this. When we see the launch of the Wii, finally, will that change your mind any? Would you rather see them on the Wii, or would you rather see them on the DS? What, role-playing games? Yeah. Because um, you can pretty much get the same experience with the Wii, as far as I can tell, that you can with the DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with the Wiimote, that gives you basically the same functionality. Yeah, you have the interaction with the games. Mm-hmm. I would still rather see... Uh, obviously, I would like to have... See, developers do whatever they can with both and with any system of PS3 with 360 um, I would like to see a lot more creativity in gaming on all platforms but 
a lot of what Nintendo is doing is trying to revolutionize the hardware to be able to support people's creative ideas. So I would, uh, I'm definitely excited about seeing what developers could do with the DS when it comes to interacting in role-playing games with perhaps touch and with your voice. Uh, being able to actually maybe even communicate vocally with the characters that you've grown to enjoy, that would be exciting. Or being able to manipulate their rooms and their environments, um, it, it would really make you feel more involved in their universe. Sure, more interactive. Yeah, because there's only so much you can do with software ideas, but when you see a company go out on a limb and try and change the way we interact with the software by, uh, by adding new ideas to the hardware, that's, uh, that's what's got me kind of excited about portable role-playing games, at least on the DS. Yeah, I have a lot of opinions about uh, <laughs> the hardware changes, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that later on in the Ender's Choice segment. Alright. Well, let's... Uh, on a lighter note, let's move into the ugliest video game characters segment. Uh, I think we've got a list of about seven here. Yeah, it's what a What we think yep. are some of the ugliest characters ever made. It's the classic top seven. I mean, every, oh, yeah. everybody yeah. has top seven lists. Oh, yeah. Top seven everything. Top seven best games ever. Top seven worst games. Oh, let's stop beating around the bush. We're revolutionizing things. We are. We are we are changing it. This is the next gen top seven lists. <laughs> Forget the it's top the ten. Top seven. Top ten is no more. Top seven nope. is here. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, number seven. I think uh, this guy is pretty ugly, and he's on a lot of box covers. I don't know, man. I don't necessarily agree with this. I don't know you even know what you're thinking about putting him on. Well, I will tell you why. Okay, it's Jack from the Jack and Daxter series. Yes, very familiar with that series. And uh, they're they're good games. I'll give them that. But this guy oh, yeah. is not pretty. He <laughs> has got, for one, his nose looks like it was smashed in with a brick. This guy has the flattest nose, and it's smashed at... Cra- no, look at the box art, and You're tell crazy. me this guy has not been hit in the face with a brick repeatedly. I'm telling you, he has. <laughs> <laughs> and to top it off, not only did they hit him in the face with a brick, but they were pulling and stretching his ears at the I same time. I just can't time. stop looking at this cute Daxter. He's just so cute. Forget Daxter. He's got his own game. Well, at least, you're distracted. Would, would at least you're distracted from Jack, because Jack is not pretty. He's not, I mean, he's not ugly, though. He's pretty ugly. If I smashed in your nose, you'd be pretty ugly. He kind of looks like an ugly elf. Yeah, a really gross, distorted elf. He's like Legolas after years of heroin abuse. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's... (laughs) Wow. That's what... I think he's like two years shy of Golem. He's, he's, no. <laughs> he's pretty disgusting. That's what it is. He has the ring of power in his pocket. Somewhere. It must be. Or he, he put it in his nose because it's disgusting. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> and, and you, I mean, you say his ears are misshapen, but I call that a uh, really nice design. No, they're not normal. They're, he, okay. <laughs> okay, number six. Uh, I don't know if you've played this game, but Galleon on the Xbox... Have you ever played that? I, I have not played... I don't know what that is. Okay, either. well... What is that? I don't know. That these characters aren't necessarily ugly. I mean, they are ugly, but it's more of a... 
a modeling problem than it is they were designed that way. Yeah. Uh, these characters are modeled so terribly. Their faces are all pinched in. Come to Just... a point in the front, literally, almost. Right. You can't tell where their cheeks end and their nose begins. It's really disgusting. Is it? What kind of game is it? Uh, it's kind of an action adventure. Uh, it has almost a little bit of RPG feel to it, but not quite. It's kind of like uh, Soul Reaver. Kane, Legacy oh, really? Kane. Well, Soul I love Reaver. that series. That's yeah, that's a great series. And he is not half as ugly as the models in this game, I will tell you. Who? You mean... Uh, Raziel? Is that his you name? You mean Raziel? Yeah, Raziel is the... Uh, Soul Reaver. There's uh, there's the whole Blood Omen series that has uh, the lead character is Kane. They're in both. Se- the series kind of crossover. Yeah. And then, uh, their last PS2 adventure was uh, you got to actually play as both of them throughout the adventure. Uh, yeah, but he's definitely more attractive really like than the the characters the in this series. game. Is it supposed to be that way? Is it designed that way? Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily designed that way. But they had some terrible modelers. And their their faces are pinched in. They have the worst hook noses you've ever seen. Big giant bumps. They've all been pugilized beyond <laughs> belief. Pugilized. Pugilized. They've been boxed about the face. I'm gonna look that up right it, now. A, it's a pugilist, like a boxer. Oh, okay. Pugilized. Punched in the mouth. Punched in the face. Yeah. And they've all had broken noses multiple times. It's really quite disgusting. Well, now I know that I probably wouldn't want to sit through that game. It wasn't a bad game. Did but you finish uh, it? Did you beat it? I did not finish it, no. You didn't finish no. it? Did it have anything at all to do with the hideous nature of the characters? It, it, the story had nothing... To, oh, did my not finishing it have to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> I can't say yes, but I can't say no. It, not really? not consciously. Maybe subconsciously I quit because I couldn't stand to look at these people Is anymore. Is it that, really that bad? I'll show you a screenshot. Why don't you go ahead and introduce number five? I think we're all pretty familiar with this. I will pull up a screenshot while we're doing that. Uh, all right. Just for the benefit of all the listeners. Yeah, I, I will post this on our website as well. Oh, okay. I will post pictures of all of these characters. Links to it. Okay, Absolutely. cool. Fantastic. So you can see how ugly they are for yourself. Number five is something that I actually agree with uh, wholeheartedly. Waluigi. <laughs> You have Slash Luigi on here. But oh, yeah. Luigi is just as ugly as Waluigi. No way. Oh, Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> Luigi okay. is okay. fucking charming, man. Luigi is not charming. He's tall. He's gangly. He's stupid. Luigi. Have you ever played Luigi's Mansion for GameCube? I have not played that game, but I've that played Luigi gr- in multiple I- Mario games. He's not an attractive fellow. Well... Um, I don't believe so. Let's anyway. stop arguing but, uh, but about that. You're right. Waluigi is Waluigi's the main focus is, of that. we can at least come to an agreement. Absolutely. Peaceful uh, sort of uh, scenario with that because he is disgusting. <laughs> and I hate him more so because of his name being a stupid, uh, stupid ass name. It, it doesn't even Absolutely. go. I can understand, you know, the whole wanting right. to be just like Wario. Uh huh. But Waluigi, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a retail store. But really, I mean, what else were they going to name him? Waluigi? You can't. There's no other way. There's, there's no, nothing else to name him. If he's going to be like very Wario, unnatural to put. Our producer just suggested lore. Waluigi. War. Waluigi. Waluigi. 
I don't know about that. <laughs> Waluigi. I like Waluigi personally. Waluigi is the dumbest <laughs> name ever. <laughs> okay, it is so okay. I can't pretend it's a terrible name. It's stupid. And um, it but he's also very ugly. Luigi. We can't overlook that. I have. Uh, it's so. It's so scarring to my psychology to <laughs> acknowledge the existence of a Waluigi and to acknowledge <laughs> the fact that one of uh, my favorite companies, Nintendo, has created such a ridiculously named character that I have decided to deny its existence in uh, in uh, in my psychological day-to-day routine. If people approach me, and, and if when I'm playing Mario Kart or something like that with uh, Waluigi in it, and I can't avoid playing certain games with a stupid character in the game, I will refuse to ever play as that character. I don't care if he has the best stats or the best vehicle. I will refuse to acknowledge him by never playing him, and I never mention the. Ne- it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like the Harry Potter series. For me, he's the person that he who must not be named. That's Waluigi. It's disgusting. So not, I've denied his existence. So what happens in uh, one of the next twenty-eight Mario games where you're playing <laughs> you're playing Mario halfway through and then you're playing Luigi and then all of a sudden you have to play Waluigi. You're halfway through the game. Oh, you've played, don't you do played this to me. Fifteen hours into this game and oh, now you're forced to play as to Waluigi me. or you cannot advance. What happens? Oh. There? Hopefully the world will end <laughs> and we'll be reborn in some heavenly paradise. No such luck, my friend. God, it's Waluigi that happens, or nothing. I will see that. That's uh, that's an evil, <laughs> evil scenario. That's Unfortunately, what I'm none for. of uh, my favorite series, obviously, are, is Mario's. The Mario series. Uh, yeah. If our listeners didn't know already, and uh, Mario is. Uh, is a is a game series that I am insisting on playing every single game and mastering it, and I have up until this point every Mario game that's released I play and, and completely beat in every aspect that I can imagine. If I find that they secretly <laughs> embed Waluigi into one of the next Mario masterpieces, I will. Uh, I will probably need to be locked away into a mental institution <laughs> because uh, I won't know what to do. Part of me will be revolted to the point of wanting to set whatever system I'm playing on on fire um, combined with my uh, Mario lust. So I, I really hope that for the sake of my sanity and perhaps my life that they never do that. I think some people would say you should already be locked away. But that's yeah. for some people. Okay, on to the next character. Yes. In our list, number four. Uh huh. And this guy, I wholeheartedly agree with, Doctor Robotnik, from the Sonic the Hedgehog series. Ugliest mustache ever. That's in my notes. Ugliest mustache ever. This guy has the biggest mustache with the most split ends, <laughs> gangliest mustache wow. I've ever seen. I, I love the Sonic games. Oh, yeah. And I've played them all, and it wouldn't be the same without this hideous villain. <laughs> just, I agree. I, I can't imagine, you know, playing a Sonic game without 
Well, we know him as Dr. Robotnik in yeah. Japan. He's always Eggman. been Dr. or uh, actually just, you know, Eggman. And uh, I didn't know that at fir- when I first bought my Dreamcast. I got it launch day, nine nine ninety nine, And I brought it home and I put in Sonic Adventure first thing. And they were calling him Eggman. I was like, what is this? When did this change take place? Uh, I want Dr. Robotnik back, because that's all I ever knew. And I, I still like that name better. But he's yeah. always been Eggman in uh, in Japan. and um, Basically, he looks like an egg. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's... I think he's designed to be this hideous, ugly human, because the game series almost vilifies humans and as something sure. that is robotic and not natural. Just like all the machines this villain is making, and mm-hmm. and uh, what he's how he's destroying the natural world that Sonic lives and plays in, um, it, he's he's kind of the only human in the series, mm-hmm. and basically he's he's kind of like the source of the evil. So I mean, the series is kind of interesting and unique in the way that it depicts humans as as this you know destructive force that only nature which is headed by, you know, all of the wildlife and, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, the, the nature is what's going to have to destroy this and, and, and win things over. And, you know, he's a really disgusting human, and uh, that's kind of the series' take on human beings and what they've done to the planet is they've kind of destroyed it, just like Dr. Robotnik. He's uh, this really gross human being. and You know what you I know, have to say to that? What ugliest mustache ever? That's, that's absolutely. All I can say. It kind of sums ever. it up. Sums it up. And I, I also <laughs> want to point out that this guy, Eggman, he is shaped like an egg. He is wearing a skin-tight jumpsuit. That is just wrong. <laughs> Not only does he have to be shaped like an egg, he has to show it to us. He has to let us know, I am Eggman. <laughs> This is not something I want to see while I'm playing Sonic the Hedgehog. It's awesome, though, because all of his machines are shaped just like his hideous form. I mean, everything he has is, like, bubbled around him. In Sonic 2, you had the Death Egg, and that was the the big egg-shaped space station. Everything was shaped like an egg. And yep. uh, it's all because uh, uh, he's just so fat. His, you have to have... Yeah. Uh, an egg-shaped machine to go around an <laughs> egg-shaped man. What shape machine do you put an egg-shaped man in? A, a machine shaped like an like an egg. And exactly. On top of that, I just have one thing to add. Ugliest mustache ever. All right. <laughs> on to number three. Uh, number three. This is along the same lines as Waluigi. Is Wario Waluigi's brother? Who's Waluigi? What are you talking about? We just discussed Waluigi moments ago. Oh yes, I've tried. Is to Wario Waluigi's brother? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I'm not sure if they're related. Okay, well, number three on our list is Wario. This guy, yes, he's just like Mario. He's short, he's fat, and he has the same disgusting mustache. Are you serious? I'm. T- I'm telling you, I got a thing against mustaches here. You must. I do, and I, and I had one myself for a long time. You must think I'm pretty gross looking then. Do you have a mustache? Turn around here. Of course I have uh, a mustache. You got a goatee. You I had it a all goatee. connects in the front. 
Oh, so, so if I. it connects, it's not gross? No. So if Mario had a goatee, he'd be hip? Sure. He, he'd be a little dangerous, but he wouldn't Mario be disgusting. Mario is dangerous. That Mario guy throws fireballs, he flies through the air, no, he I'm butt sorry. pounces. <laughs> okay, well What's he gets his ass What's more dangerous than an ass pounce? Wario's mustache. <laughs> Plus, funny. okay, okay. Well, he's short. He's fast. He, he's short. He's fat. He has the disgusting mustache. But he also has, unlike Mario, he also has the child molester smirk. He's got this this exactly. thing he does with his it's mouth the, that just the pedo the pedo smile. smile. Yes. Yeah. He he has it. For all the and readers it creeps of the me out in the universe. Um, very gross mustache. I'll agree on Wario, but yeah. Mario's mustache is where if it's any game character in the world needs a mustache, it's Mario. It's me, Mario. Yeah. He can't be a Mario without the mustache. Mustache. Without the mustache. Yeah, you heard me. That's uh <laughs> appropriate inflection. I haven't really noticed, but is Wario's mustache the exact same as Mario's mustache? Uh, no, it's not. It's uh, it's a little it's bit grosser, isn't it's, it? It's uh, more angular. It's like uh, it's got uh, it's got sharper shapes. It's more pointy and crazy. Gotcha. And ugly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is an ugly mustache. It's supposed to be Mario's, isn't Mario? Has a cute mustache. I'd almost no. even say, if such a word applies to mustache. I believe uh, the word "gross" applies to mustache. Okay. Even well, though I had a mustache at one point. I, I remember. Up until a couple days ago. That was an ugly one. Yeah, it was like <sighs> Wario's mustache. Actually, it was yeah. more like Dr. Robotnik's mustache. You mean Eggman, right? Sure. Number two. Number two. Number two. This is a lesser known game character. Not as popular as all these Robotniks and uh, Wario's. Some of you might not have even heard of her before. And if you haven't, count your blessings. <laughs> because this she's is ugly. one ugly D- woman. Detestable. Disgusting. She's mullet-shaped. Has a stretched face. What? Mullet-shaped? That's not what it says. She's purple, she's fat, she's got a mallet-smashed and stretched face. She's also shaped like one. She's shaped shaped. like Dr. Robotnik. She's disgusting. She's more egg-like. She's just as egg-like, that's for sure. Only she's not wearing the skin-tight suit. And thank God for that. I wasn't really a big fan of this game anyway. Let's let's stop keeping people in suspense. Okay. Jim, who is this character? It's Queen Brawn from Final Fantasy IX. Oh, yes. The purple, fat monstrosity. What were they thinking when they designed her? I honestly don't know. I mean... I think they were trying to scare people away from this game. I really do. <laughs> I, I really do. Why would they want to do that? They want to sell, sell games. They, they already got you to buy it. They just don't well, want you to play it. They want you to play their other games. Get it <laughs> in their hands, they... force them to not play it, so they That's have insane. to go out and buy more games. That's the perfect strategy. And Queen Braun is the perfect person to do it. So you buy the game because it's Final Fantasy. Absolutely. And then you put it in your PlayStation, and you turn it on, you see Queen Braun, and she's disgusting. So you stop playing the game, and you buy the other new exactly. Squaresoft RPG. Exactly. 
or Square Enix now, but wow, I've never thought about brilliant it that strategy. Way. That's a great, great strategy. Maybe that's exactly what they did. That's probably what happened. I would bet absolutely nothing on it <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think that's what they did. No, uh, I don't either. But she is definitely disgusting. Purple, fat, beyond belief. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, that face has been hit with bricks. It goes along with the entire, with the retro feel of it. The whole point of Final Fantasy IX was, hey, let's go back to the Nintendo era when we didn't have enough system memory to make game characters that were bigger than two pixels. You know, they, they were short and they were super deformed is the name that they use for for that kind of a character. And that's what they were wanting to harken back to even though the entire reason they had super deformed characters was because of technological limitations. You know, it's the same. It's the equivalent to me of uh, them in the new Star Wars movies putting jiggly movements in Yoda's ears. <laughs> I mean, that that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. You have all this 3D technology, and you create a programming script in order to have jiggle in Yoda's ears. Yeah. Just because that was the technological limitation Yoda of the first Yoda. The jiggle. the jiggle is retarded. <laughs> the jiggle is... It, it's because I, I of completely the limitations agree. I, of the day. I, I'm just being facetious. I completely okay. agree. No jiggle I, necessary. That's one of the reasons Stamp I was on the not DVD. a fan of Final Fantasy IX as much as the rest of the series. Because the concept of making all the character designs based off of technological limitations is already a big mistake from the get-go, I think. Well, I'll tell you... And then it creates characters like Queen Braun, who are disgusting and and hideous. She could not have been more hideous in the 8-bit era, though. What they were shooting for, I wish they would have gone back further. I wish they would have taken it back to Pong and made her just a ball on the screen because that would have been more attractive than what she turned out to be. All right, well, we're, we, we are on the same page with that one, it looks I think like. so. Well, where does that bring that us? That brings us to the number one all-time ugliest character, in this case, characters of all time. What is your choice? I couldn't pick just one out of this series. There are too right. many ugly characters in these games. Number one choice is any character from a punch-out game. Any of them. <laughs> now, is this after you've punched them out? This, or is, this, this is before you've punched them. Even, even before, before you've, you've them. punched them. These characters are some of the most foul creations ever to grace a television screen. I, you know, while I, I do agree with you, I was just, you know amazed back when the games came out that they could have any expression and detail on the game characters' faces that the fact that now I look back on them and see them as truly some of the most hideous game characters ever to graze a a, a screen I, I still didn't see it back then it was just too amazing to notice the gross designs behind <laughs> the appearance of all the punch out uh, characters but yeah, I mean, when you when you do look back on it, and whoever out there that may be listening has not gone back to actually see how difficult games really were, you need to go back and you need to play the original Punch-Out, because that game, um, 
will probably kick your ass if uh, you're not used to playing any any challenging games and you're used to all the easy games we have these days. Punch-Out will kick your ass, and at the same time you'll be able to say, Man, what genius made these disgusting-ass characters? <laughs> because they're really, really fucking ugly. You know what else will kick your ass? I challenge what? anyone listening to this podcast to go onto Wikipedia, search for Soda Popinski, one of the characters from Punch-Out. Yes, of course. And take Why? a look down the screenshots here. It has all of the characters from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Ooh, you used the word Mike Tyson. I had to use Mike Tyson. It originally wasn't, was not was just Punch-Out. I out, know, they re-released Tyson. it as Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yes, we know the history. Uh, but yeah, Soda Popinski, he is quite ugly. Mr. Sandman. Has anyone gone back and looked at the animation of this guy? He's got the most distorted mouth I've ever seen. <laughs> you should really check this out. You this need to link is this on the website. quite impressive. I will link this on the website. Some okay. of the ugliest characters of all time. Oh, damn. You didn't, you didn't remember how bad it was, did you? <laughs> no, I forgot about Mr. Sandman. How about, uh... He's... <laughs> what's his face up here, huh? King Hippo? Oh, it That's doesn't even unnatural. have a nose. He doesn't have a jaw. How are you going to beat it's this guy up? Tell me that. I don't know. He, he doesn't have a jaw. He doesn't have any on. weak points. He'll eat your fist. <laughs> wow. Some ugly guys. Glass Joe. I want to just hurt them because they're so ugly. Tom Flamenco's not too attractive. <laughs> Bald Bull. I think, hands down, he takes the cake. I should have put him in number one. Just forget all the others. Bald yeah. Bull. Look at this guy's mouth. He's sucking wind like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> He is disgusting. Look at his head. Oh, yeah. His head is misshapen. His head his is a bowling ball. His eyeballs are as flesh. big as a bowling ball on his head. And talk about an ugly mustache. Yeah. He has a mustache on his neck. The he has two... He's like a <laughs> Those are sideburns. He's completely bald except for sideburns and a mustache and eyebrows. Those are sideburns? Those are sideburns, my friend. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> How do you grow sideburns when you're bald... When you're that bald. I don't know. Wow. It's, um, maybe he has hair plugs in on his sideburns. <laughs> I like hair plugs, but just on the sideburns, please. It's like something a, a doped-up Captain Picard would decide to do or something. <laughs> it's a hideous lineup of characters there. A very good number one choice, uh, Jim. Yeah, I think that definitely has yes, to Yes, indeed. And now... To further our discussions, once again, to change topics on to editor's choice. Here, this week, this podcast, we have the debate that is raging around the world currently in every gamer's mind. 360, PlayStation 3, Nintendo Wii. Alright, this is the new war console war is brewing once again it does this every five or six years and we're uh, about to have the next uh, full-blown war uh, what do you see as the advantages and disadvantages of some of these formats uh, Jim oh boy man this is a big subject. I know this could take up years <laughs> but we don't necessarily want to spend years we want to get back to playing games how about uh, you podcast people Podcast listeners, you want to spend the next year on this? No. No? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's take it one system at a time. Uh, let's start off with the PS3. How about that? That's the big buzz right now, I think. 
that and the Wii. But yep, we'll start off with the PS3. Uh, they're the ones that are about to be released, so there's a bigger buzz on that. 360's yeah. kind of been... It's already been out for a year, you know, yep. people people have made The hype is decisions. kind of settling down on that. Yeah, love it, hate it. Somewhere in between, people have already taken their stance, but haven't really had time to really play any of the of the Wii games, the PS3 games, and they're about to be released. Well, we haven't got to see any of the PS3 games, so all we've seen is cutscenes, and we haven't actually gotten to play any I haven't them, played I anything. I, I want to play the Wii, uh, obviously. I think everybody on the planet wants to play the Wii right now. Yep, I want to see if it's going to be a bust or if it's going to revolutionize the way we control our games again. Okay, well, we'll start off with the PS3. We'll get to the Wii in a second. Uh, The way I see it, the PS3 has uh, three main advantages. I think uh, probably Blu-ray is going to be somewhat of an advantage, especially with the extra processing power of the of the PS3 because it will be able to store higher resolution textures. Uh, yeah. It'll be able to make the games look nicer with more storage space. And all the... And, uh, yeah. It'll be able to allow for the 1080 progressive exactly. default. Yeah, and that coupled with the uh, the other selling point, the processing power and the uh, graphic capabilities of the PS3, I think that's pretty... Uh, yes. Like a one-two punch towards the other consoles. It's really going to have the superior graphics. I do believe that. From what yeah. I've seen so far with the... Yeah. Everything indicates that it will be the, the most powerful system, but whether or not developers have had enough time with the technology in order to truly make their games stand out, you know, when compared to games on the 360... Which they haven't, and I think that's one of the 360's big advantages right now. Well, yeah, it's it's been out there for a year already. Yep. It may not have as high a pixel count on its games as a PlayStation 3, but uh, it's still an HD standard. And I'll tell you what, I don't know anybody with a 1080p capable television. television yet. Nobody. Yeah. They're, they're ridiculously expensive still. It's hardly expensive. So, I mean, the PlayStation 3 is, is so far out there as far as its abilities... As far as, you know, it's not going to be... 1080 Progressive is not going to be in every home for for years and years and years to come. And yep. it's not going to be a standard for the average person for a long while. 720p isn't even a standard. No, it's not. Most people that I sell 360s to on a weekly basis are actually, first of all, getting the core system... And because it's a hundred dollars cheaper, even Which though the is uh, not a good idea, but no, the, but they the don't real know deal is in the premium system. Yeah. Um, but regardless, the core system does not come with component video cables, so automatically there you don't have access to the HD outputs. Yeah. And most of the people that I talk to and survey about the 360 are not playing their 360 on a high-definition television. I wouldn't be. I don't have a high-definition television. I still don't have one either. <laughs> I'm playing on... I play all my video games on a 19-inch television that I've had since I was 15. I've had for the last 10 years. Yeah, I play on a 20-inch set. I have surround sound on a 20-inch <laughs> set. <laughs> I have surround sound on my computer. That, To be honest, that's where I do most of my gaming. Is on yeah, my computer, too. and now my DS. I got a DS, I'd do a lot more gaming on that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, nobody really has the equipment to hook this PlayStation 3 up to. 
to benefit from all of its graphic processing power and its storage space and everything. Yep, so absolutely. those are two good selling points, but I don't know if people are ready for it yet. Who's re- yeah, I, I'm following you 100% on this. Um, the, th- the third thing that PlayStation has, at least for the time being, is a number of notable series that it's kind of privy to. You know, namely for the last you know several years, the Final Fantasy series, mm-hmm. as well as a uh, very popular series, Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those series, coincidentally, have had their roots on the Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> Funny how that works, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I know. Of course, now and, uh, we're talking about Final Fantasy three coming back to the DS. So, yeah, who knows Square, where it's going Square Enix is. Uh, no longer exclusively uh, doing stuff for the Sony company, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. I think I agree. they're broadening out again, and yeah. And the Metal Gear Solid series is uh, still pretty much going to be exclusively on uh, mm-hmm. Sony systems. But I mean, is it going to be worth six hundred dollars? And there's no set price yet. Basically, will you pay? As of this podcast, will you pay six hundred dollars to play Final Fantasy and Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, and and from what I've seen of you know, and I may be ruffling some feathers when I say this, but from what I've seen of Final Fantasy twelve, I'm not that excited about the direction that they are moving the Final Fantasy series in because. Um, it, it really doesn't. Final Fantasy XII, at least, doesn't really resemble at all the games that I grew up on. The games that I love, uh, different combat system, different character focus, different plot focus, uh, uh, totally different battle systems, and you know, persistent world and things like that, which they're trying to hype up as good features. And at least from the demo that I played when I bought Dragon uh, Warrior Eight. I was not very enthused because it felt like an MMO, except it's offline. And a lot yeah. of people have said that, but if that's the series direction, then Final Fantasy Thirteen is not exciting me that much, and we'll see what they do with that. But the Metal Gear Solid series I've been a fan of forever. Metal Gear Solid Four looks unbelievable from what I've seen so far. But are you willing to invest in a 1080 progressive television and a very expensive PS3 just to be able to experience, you know, this new game the way it's meant to be played on the PlayStation 3. That's a lot to show out for these new games. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't... I can't see and myself... $60 a much. pop for games. Oh, I yeah. understand the, the production mention. values are higher... <laughs> But that's uh, that's also, I mean, it's just, it's almost becoming, if you're going to play in the next generation, you're going to have to get a second job in order to afford your gaming now. I certainly can't afford the PS3, and I don't know even if I could, if I'd buy it. I don't think it's worth my worth $600, to be honest. I don't I have, have the equipment to hook it up to to take full advantage of its power. And I see the Final Fantasy series coming back towards Nintendo or even to all three systems. You're definitely going to get Final Fantasy uh, Chronicles 2 on the uh, Nintendo Wii. <laughs> I mean, that's a totally different series, pretty much, but still, I mean, who knows what else. Yeah, and I, I think they're going to bring it over to the Nintendo Wii eventually. I see a lot of companies heading towards the Nintendo Wii. It's got such low development costs. I mean, how can you say no to 
$2,000 development kit, and the other companies are charging 10 plus. Yeah. It's definitely easier to to develop and a lot cheaper to develop for the Nintendo Wii. Um, so there are some advantages. I mean, again, it's kind of shaping up to be kind of like the same thing with the PSP versus the Wii almost, because or uh, versus the uh, DS, rather, because uh, you've got the really cool technology versus maybe more practical, cheaper, innovative gameplay. Um, you see that kind of same war shaping up in the console war that's brewing. Absolutely. And, and caught in between this is the 360. Well, I just wanted to say before we move on to the 360, I think that's where Nintendo has the real advantage in this console war. People are saying they may not come out, they may come out in the back again, back of the pack, but I don't know, yeah. they're really changing the whole strategy of gaming, of developing these games. They're, well, they're, they're not, not playing shooting. by the rules, that's Definitely sure. not. They're not playing by Sony or Microsoft's rules. They're going in the complete <laughs> opposite direction, and I love to see that, because I like games that look nice, sure, but I, I don't do want to sacrifice the gameplay for that. And I think a lot of these games that have been coming out for the Xbox and PS2 and will be coming out for 360 and PS3 have been sacrificing development time that could be used for developing the gameplay to develop these high-end graphics. And that's really not what I'm the reason that I'm gaming. It's because I want an experience. Yeah. I don't want to look at fancy visuals. If I want that, I'll go watch X-Men 7. <laughs> I, I don't really care about that when I'm playing games. I just care about the gameplay So there's experience. more to the experience than just the visuals, And I think Nintendo saying. completely gets that. And that's why they're not, they're not shooting for the graphics whore machines that PS3 is and the 360. That's and they're concentrating completely on the gameplay. Yes, because um, one of the things that I can remember uh, being big was, uh, for a while, full motion video <laughs> in games. PlayStation 1, Resident Evil, that was one of my yes. favorites. They had the best animation in that, Resident Evil 2. But, um, ultimately, you're... Oh, yes. <laughs> Resident Evil, great series. Resident Evil 4, a great revival yeah. of the series. Um, full motion video is not a is uh, is obviously not an interactive experience. No. It's just like you know TV or a movie. You're watching a sequence, and it might have computer effects added in, but it's still a sequence, and you're just you know you're not interacting. You're watching, and games like the Wing Commander series back in the in the day were popular when they came out because it was an interactive movie, basically, mm-hmm. with gameplay added in. That was cool. It was the new thing, too. It was the new fad. And that didn't last very long. Pretty soon, people were like, hey, wait a minute, we are gamers. We want to actually interact with our games. So, the same thing is kind of happening with processing power. You have these amazing visuals, but how is the gameplay? Exactly. Are, are you just watching, like, for example, in your Final Fantasy game, are you hitting a button and watching an enormous, elaborate summon sequence over and over and over again? And, and while doing that, you're completely detached from the experience? Or 
you know, are you going to rather have something that's maybe a little bit more simple, but you're involved with it constantly? I know which game you're talking about. You're talking about Final Fantasy VII, one of my favorite RPGs. You get the summon sequence over and over and over, but I gotta say, the, the video in that game really did help out the story, and it made you connect with those characters. I think there's a place for full motion video. I really do in games. For instance, Command and Conquer. You cannot have a Command and Conquer game without full motion video. It's not possible. It's not going to be the same. It has its place, but it, it doesn't need to be center stage. And that's where sure, I think I agree. that Final Fantasy VII was, was new and innovative because we hadn't seen that level of visuals done in a Final Fantasy game up until that point, which I don't have a problem with that. It's more of Final Fantasy VIII when the FMVs, especially during battles and the summon monsters, were something that you couldn't skip over mm-hmm. and you had to watch over and over and over and over again. And they were much, much longer and a w- much, much more elaborate than Final Fantasy VII's. Well, they had to be in the next one of the Series. And, and, yeah, it was the next one in the series, so you have to outdo yourself. Naturally. And um, it, it just, uh, they went too far, and I think maybe that's what's happening with visuals, is it's its the focus, and it's not just a tool to tell a story, or a tool to be able to use to interact with a virtual world, but it's becoming the center stage. Yeah, I think they need to, to stop focusing so much on the glitz and the glamour, and think about replay value. When you walk into something like Final Fantasy VII or VIII, and you're, you've got to watch these cutscenes every time you play. Or, for instance, a game where if you die without completing the level, you have to yeah. go back and watch a 10-minute cutscene. I cannot stand that. They need to think about replay value. The, the fancy full-motion video and the graphics might be cool for a while, for a, the first few times you see them, but eventually they're going to get old, mm. and, and it's going to be And if the gameplay is not there... Yeah, you're not going to stick around for exactly. the uh, whole experience if, uh, if the gameplay is not there. So in between uh, sort of this technological slash uh, control mechanism war between the, the far right and the far left, which I'll call you know Sony and Nintendo, we have uh, Microsoft, which is kind of like... Sony's little brother. Uh, kind of right in between them. They're borrowing a lot of each other's strategies too. They're really, they're really the company that doesn't really revolutionize as much as they just kind of take and innovate and use to their own sure. advantage. So the 360 advantages are, we're kind of uh, got the in-between blues because we're talking about price, we're talking about graphics, and it's kind of right in the middle when it comes to that. It's not very expensive when it comes to comparing with the. PlayStation 3, mm-hmm. but when it comes to, you know, the Wii, the Wii is is much cheaper, so sure. at the same time, it also has better graphics than the Wii system, and high resolution graphics, but not to the extent of the PlayStation 3. Um, also, it's got, uh, the whole Xbox Live experience is something that's pretty Absolutely. addictive right now to a lot of people. The gamer points, I've gotta have the y- gamer points. Yes, <laughs> you have to, uh, and that is a cool idea. I, I agree. I love that idea. It's uh, kind of like a global competition or a mini competition <laughs> among your friends. 
So you that have the most achievements, the most gamer the, points. The most achievement points, yeah. and that's that's a great, great strategy to keep people playing. Even when you're sure. playing a game that's kind of designed to have an off, you know, offline experience, you still have the online excitement of competing sure. with people to to unlock and do everything you possibly can in the game to advance your ranking in the world stage. That's great. And I think it's a great marketing strategy too because not only are you going to buy the games that you want, but you're also going to buy some of the games you don't want just to get the achievement points, just to beat your friends, just to advance your rank. I think it's a great marketing strategy on their part. It's a great strategy and it's a company that's known for great strategies and marketing <laughs> sure, strategies. They're not so Microsoft for no reason. What a big surprise. But when it comes to is it is this a system that's going to be something that's actually not gimmicky but is going to be a long lasting iconic system with great games on it that you're going to remember, you know, years and years from now. I'm not really sure if it is or not. I'm they have they they really don't have a ton of killer no, apps don't. and I, and everybody's waiting for Halo Three, and who knows when that's going to be out. But I don't. I was not necessarily into Halo One or Two. I've played them. I'm a PC gamer for the last five or so years. I've been playing Counter Strike and all the FPS games. And when you you switch from the mouse and the keyboard to the controller, you can't do it. There's it's it just doesn't feel right, and your reaction times are slower and. Everybody praises Halo 1 and Halo, especially Halo 2 and their multiplayer. But I just can't get into it because of the control scheme. Now, give me a mouse and keyboard, and I'm sure that would be a great game for me. Sure. But I just cannot get into it with that control scheme. Same with me. I, I would much rather have my mouse and my keyboard to control my FPS than I would dual analog sticks. Yeah, but everyone is waiting for Halo 3. I think that will be a huge seller. I mean, it's got Halo 2 as its predecessor. It's going to be huge. Halo 2 sold a lot of Xboxes. It's going to be enormous, but I mean... But will it ultimately be considered as a great game? Is that going to be a series that's going to last the test of time? Are we going to have Halo 6, 7, 8? (laughs) Halo 12. Halo 12. I'm not so sure. And when it comes to 360 games being timeless... Are, are they going to have new series come out on the 360 that will be memorable? Because there are a lot of great games out already. But I don't really know if Dead Rising and games like that... You know, it's more of a Me Too system. Because, I mean, like, Saints Row has just come out. That's just like Grand Theft Auto. But Dead Rising. Don't put Dead Rising in there. That's such a great B-movie It's a great, genre. great it's idea. Awesome. It's an awesome game. It's awesome to look at. It's fun to play. It's not a great game it's of all time. It's not going to I last. Know that. But it's it's a fun game. Yeah, it's a fun, forgettable game. I, I know. I'm, just, I'm a huge zombie fan. I love the B-movie horror. Mm. It's, it's all so great. And then they yeah. come out with this game where I just get to chainsaw zombies... Run over you them can in a car. kill them with anything. Exactly. You throw TVs and at them. You can kill them with, you know, all <laughs> rubber duckies. I mean, you, and it's I just insane. I'm a huge fan of the zombie genre, so I have to, I have to object. I object, sir. Okay. Well, is it going to be as popular? No, it's not going to be a great game. <laughs> you didn't even hear me. <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to be as popular as Superman 64. <laughs> oh well. 
god. Okay, okay maybe that. Oh man, work. it's of course not because that's the worst <laughs> game ever made. It's a classic. It's a classic, terrible game. <laughs> it won't be as popular as that, but it, will it be? Then is it as innovative and and rememberable and long lasting as the Resident Evil series is going to be? No, I mean, absolutely. No, not. I mean, is there going to be? And I don't even think necessarily there'll be a Dead Rising. A Dead. Too. There probably won't be. I mean, there. I doubt there will be. No, I I don't see it happening. So in a lot of ways, I think that. Um, Microsoft with the 360 is kind of falling into some of the shortcomings that Sega fell into, at least with their their providing. I, I love the Dreamcast, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big Sega fan, and I love Sega consoles. I miss their presence in the console wars, actually, but with Microsoft, they are creating and getting developers to create for their system, but... While they have solid titles in a lot and almost every genre, none of them are the kind that I think will be around and be talked about for, you know, the next generation after this and, and the generation after that. See, I, but I, I just don't see that happening. I, Maybe that's that can't happen again because that really... I don't know if uh, gaming has kind of grown beyond the the iconic experiences that we'll remember mm. for years and years, I think. I, I certainly don't think so. But I also think that you can't really judge these things in the here and now. I think only looking back on them are we going to be able to tell what was classic, what was truly classic, and what was just a good, decent game. Yeah. Because... You'll, you'll definitely know because You'll definitely know within around. the next ten years. Yeah. It takes a while for these things to happen. Yeah. Just like the industry itself... The, the games that are part of it will evolve and mm-hmm. and they'll they'll grow beyond their uh, their disk space. <laughs> Not with Blu-ray. Yes, there is no limit to that. No limit. They can the store your entire brain. The disk that keeps on the giving. Blu-ray disk. Okay. Well, I have one other uh, advantage, as I see it, of the 360. And that is the fact that, like we said, it's been out for a year now? A little less than a year? Almost uh, a year. Almost right at a year. And uh, for the most part, it I think it has all the bugs worked out of it. I mean, we had some problems up front with overheating, things like that. But I think the system has all the bugs worked out. And I also think the developers are learning how to program for this thing. They're learning how to squeeze out more... and. Not that they necessarily need it at this point, because it still looks so good, but when the PS3 comes out, they're going to have to really showcase something. And I think they're going to be able to do that, because they've been out for a year, the developers are learning how to use this hardware, and they'll be able to pull off some pretty incredible things. Yeah, they'll be able to match the PS3 probably stride for stride for a good year, maybe two years, before you really see a virgins Uh in the quality. Yeah, I agree, and that's that's a big... uh, thorn in Sony's side, I think. Yeah. I mean... That along with the price difference. You have the power, but you don't have the developers that can use the power, then you you don't have the power. Yeah, what you good don't, You're not different. You're, you're just... Uh, you're just a big... Uh, big pile of you're potential. The, you're the same with the bigger price tag. For yeah. now. For at launch, they're pretty much the same thing unless you have a 1080p television. Yeah. And even then, I mean... You're not going to notice a huge not difference. An enormous difference. 
Okay, well, I think we should move on to the Wii then. And okay. I have to say, yes, I might be a little biased here. I am really looking forward to the Wii. It's the first console I've looked forward to in a long time, probably since the Dreamcast. And uh, I, I really have high hopes for it. For yeah, I have high hopes for it. I think uh, there's some pretty main, pretty obvious advantages that it has right now. First being price. And everybody, since the announcement, $249.99, everybody is complaining about this price tag. How can you Why? complain about that. a $250 price tag? They say, oh, well, Nintendo has always released at 199 And that's I say, I know. I've, First of all, that's not true. I, I've been reading on the forums. Wasn't the GameCube 219 Is that right? Two nineteen ninety nine. GameCube, uh, I believe, was uh, 250 no, Pretty get sure. out no, of here. No, it was 199. It was 199. Yeah, the the 64 was 250 when it came out. I think you're wrong. But Pretty sure you have the internet. If he's there, wrong, well if he's check. wrong, listeners, email us. Let him know. Yeah. <laughs> Rip me a new one. If Rip I'm him wrong. a new one. I, I'm pretty sure that it debuted at $249. Rip them new one, guys. Rip me a new one. Anyway, everyone is complaining about this price tag, and I don't see how you can possibly complain. Nintendo all along has been saying we're going to put it under 250 And, of course, what does that mean? Anybody who's been around gaming knows under 250 means, means 249 under 250 <laughs> Exactly. You don't go any lower than that. You've... Delivered what you promised. Whenever, usually when they say that, they have announced the price point. <laughs> because if <laughs> exactly. you have a brain in your head, you know, okay, it's uh, going to be a cent lower than whatever that announcement was. <laughs> exactly. That's usually that's the case. So I don't know how you can be disappointed. Everybody says Wii isn't really it a full... It didn't surprise me that it's going to be 249 But what did surprise me, what I was hoping for... I know what you're going to say. The pack-in game? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That totally makes it worth it, too, I think, in my opinion. I mean, I don't want to be too much, you know, licking Nintendo's <laughs> ass, but... <laughs> Ugh, I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> you can with the Wii Remote, certain games. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, that's, that's a gross idea. I'm glad I'm not a developer. Anyway. The, uh, what was I saying? The I pack have no in. idea. Yes. The pack-in. Yes, the pack-in. The pack pack in. In. The Wii Sports pack-in is a great value. I mean, $249. It's the cheapest of the next-gen systems. And I know what many of you are thinking is that, yeah, it's just a GameCube 2. And you're pretty much right. 1.5. I am completely... I was very disappointed in the technological specs of the machine. It's uh, roughly twice the power of a GameCube, but it's not HD. Uh, yeah. It's not high definition. Even though I don't have an HD TV, that bothers me. Neither do I. Because I know I'm going to get one eventually. In the next five years. Oh yeah. HD TV in the next five yes, years. Yes, I will. Yeah, you can. Mm. You can go to pl- Walmart. I, I doubt I will. I really doubt it. Yeah, I. W- you don't think you'll have one in the next? Five I, I don't think I'll have one in the next Why? five because years. You, what if I haven't upgraded my TV, my existing TV, my 19-inch television, where one of the green tubes is about to blow? I haven't even upgraded that yet in the last ten years. Yeah, well. In five more, what am I going to do? Well, that's you, my friend. I am definitely buying one within the next probably year, two years. Well, I watch most of my stuff on my flat panel computer monitor yeah, that's, anyway. that's high so. def anyway. That's uh, yeah. higher pixel count. 
Which is why like lost episodes on, in high def. Like gaming on PCs for that reason, they've always been, you know, higher than 640 by 480. Sure. But I haven't uh, played 640 by 480 in a while. <laughs> you know, unless you're playing on your console, which I'm sick of doing. I, I want high def console games, and I'm going to get an HD television. And when I do, well, I'm sure I will have a Wii as well as eventually all the new systems. And I want HD Wii. Okay, well, I'll tell you why I'm not disappointed. Because, like I said, the direction that Nintendo is heading is really, really has me excited. I don't think it's necessarily about graphics, like I said. And granted, 1080p would be beautiful looking, but I don't think it's necessarily going to help you when you're playing Mario Galaxy. Oh, I don't I, think it matters. I, I think it matters. Or when you're playing I definitely I, I Trauma want... Center. I, I don't really care that I can't see this in 1080p as opposed to my 480i. I know it doesn't necessarily change the gameplay, but... I fit, I am always I've always maintained the stance that I want the best of both worlds. And if what I what if it costs what if it costs six hundred dollars? Well, then it may not be worth getting the best. <laughs> well, there you go. That, that that's the big argument, isn't it? it? It really is, and that's what this whole console war this generation comes down to. Uh-huh. It comes down to value, technology versus value, innovation price and, and it's all it's all mixed in so this is going to be a big serious step in the game industry's evolution uh, I think so so we're going to see you know whoever wins this console war you know is probably going to you know really have a big impact on the uh, on the gaming generation to come well the way the way I see it is the only person who could possibly impact the next generation of games is Nintendo right now. Because if Sony wins this, if Microsoft wins this war, yeah, what are you talking what's going to happen next generation? The same old, same old. More graphics. More of the same sequels to every game. Inla- I see what you mean. More EA sports games. If Nintendo wins this console war, what's going to happen next generation? Sony's going to step up, take their six degrees of freedom... And expand on it. Well, and they're already trying to, try and match trying with the to do that. They're, they already tried to the last, do a last minute. Exactly. You know, uh, Me too. Copycat of the, of the Wii controller, happening. and because they, I think that alone shows how much they respect Nintendo. You know, sure. they were the leader for so many years, and the innovator. They brought us the analog stick. Uh, I think, and they saw what the DS did too. Yes. I think that's a big part of it. They saw what Nintendo did with the DS and the interaction there, and the same thing they're bringing to the Wii. And now they're trying to, to fall in line with that. And I think if Nintendo wins this console war this generation, everyone's going to head that direction I don't see them. that it necessarily requires Nintendo to win, though, because I think what will happen is the innovation will get consumed and assimilated by the bigger companies. For example, okay. if the Nintendo Wii doesn't really sell very well but still has a good fan base and innovates gameplay with the new control style I envision that even if it goes bankrupt when PlayStation 4 comes out you're going to have a PlayStation 4 with greater graphics and a similar kind of controller so you're going to be which we already have on the PS3 
It's similar. It's not. It's as good, not as but good. But you're going to have something that's probably just as good as what the Wii was, maybe even better. Uh, and then you're going to see things kind of maybe stagnate. I, I look back and, as reference, I look as uh, as uh, uh, the Sega company, the Sega Corporation, innovated games in a lot of ways as well. And they did it in financially devastating ways, but they were very much trying to push the envelope. They were trying to bring CD storage to you know, the home console with the Sega CD. They were trying to bring 3D graphics first with the 32X. They were trying to uh, innovate by having a little mini game system hook into your controller with the VMU on the Dreamcast. And then you see Nintendo do similar things with the connectivity uh a strategy with the Game the Boy DS. Advance oh, okay. and uh, the GameCube. And you see that Sega really did innovate in a lot of different ways. It just didn't work and it wasn't fully conceptualized and it was the bad timing. And a lot of blunders caused them to crumble and not be able to still compete as far as hardware. And at the same time, those ideas were very good. They were just stolen by all the competitors and used in a more smart, intelligent way. Nintendo's coming out and they're putting everything on the line with this new control system and this different strategy. And even in five years, if they lose this console war and they go bankrupt and destitute, I still think they'll leave their mark on gaming. And that the next console war won't be without uh, revolution. They'll just consume and you know, assimilate uh, the, the people that they eat. So you think even pre-launch, this is a win for them? This is, Nintendo's already won. Gaming. As Gamers far as have helping won. gaming. Gamers yeah. have won. No, no company as far as advancing won, I think, game, is yeah. advancing what gaming can do. Nintendo has already um, They've made, made the mark. their They've contribution. They've done everything they have to do. And uh, no matter if we bombs on the day of its release, they've already said, hey, gaming needs to evolve, and, you know, here are some ideas. So someone's going to take the baton, even if they fail, and they're going to continue to try and innovate, um, regardless of who wins today's war. But Honestly, I don't see them them failing this generation. I have not I played the, the Wii the yet, cons- though. Have, have I haven't either, but I played the DS, and... They're shaping up to be pretty similar, I think. They're, uh, yeah, I'm real impressed with the DS, and if the the Wii innovates console gaming like the DS does portable gaming, or you know even close, I would say that uh, that we've got a winner on our hands. At least uh, maybe not the winner, but it's going to be enough yeah. to uh, certainly keep Nintendo, Nintendo won't lose afloat. out on this deal. Yeah, but yeah, they are not losing out on this deal. Like I don't they think said, so. they're they're profitable from day one. There's no way they're losing money on this deal. I'm with you there. So it's a good, it's a okay. great day for gamers, even if you can't afford all the new systems. Uh, yeah, you could probably afford them. Gaming is is <laughs> uh, more exciting now than I think it's been in years. Yeah, I agree. Ever since Dreamcast, <laughs> I, I tell Dreamcast a lot. I'm a big fan of Dreamcast. I am too. Love the <laughs> love Sega. Love the Dreamcast. Miss it. All right, well, uh, I think we've talked uh, pretty much all about the Wii, except for a pretty big feature. 
the virtual console. What do you think about the virtual console? I think it's uh, ridiculous. And I'm not really... Ridiculously good? Ridiculously good? Um, No, unfortunately. And you guys can all, you know, I can... He's kidding, guys. There's no way he's serious. No, I... Are you... No... We really should have talked about this before the show. Yeah, we should have, shouldn't we? <laughs> you, I, <laughs> I think I it's a ridiculously him. terrible I'm, feature. No, I'm waiting for the punchline. Where is it? I'm not joking with you, Jim. Come on, Peter. No, Jim Jones. This is me being honest with you. The Virtual Console is a gimmicky bad idea. And I'll tell you why. Yes, tell me why. Because right, I'm going to have why. to back this statement up, I see. This guy's sick. What this means is you will now be paying okay. 10 to, f- I know where you're going. to $15 for... No, 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 no. Was no. it 10 What was, was the announcement? 5 to 10 5 to 10 well, 5 for the Nintendo games, 10 for 64 games. I thought it was yeah. 10 for Super Nintendo, 15 for 64. I thought it was 5 and 5 and 10. Five Regardless, for super, five for regular, ten for sixty-four. Okay, well, maybe that's how it is, and uh, we'll have to check that in a minute. But regardless, I, these are games that you can get, and so many people are doing it. They're getting it for free on their emulators. People, there's an enormous. ROM community, emulator community, and while this is kind of, you know, True, under the illegal. realms of legality in mm. most cases, it's still enormously rampant. And to say that the virtual console is just great because it's going to let you play all of these, you know, classic games from these great systems of yesteryear. Sure, that's a neat idea, but paying that much money for it and not even being uh, able to play an enormous library, especially from day one, and having to download these games for a fee is nothing that's going to curb the emulator community, and it's not going to discourage people from thinking, hey, you know what, I could play Mario and Zelda on my Wii as well as the new Mario and Zelda on my Wii, but I could also play a perfect version or an even better version on my computer as, as an emulator. Okay. Well, first of all, I don't see them trying to, to stop or slow down emulation in any way. Sure, I'm, I'm sure they'd like that, but they've been succeeding and doing just fine with emulation on the rise. There's, it's no big deal yet. The reason I do like the Virtual Console is because when you're talking about games like Final Fantasy 3, Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo, Chrono Trigger, or Earthbound. Six. You're talking about games that now will cost you between 30 and $100 to buy the cartridge. But when you go to the Virtual Console, you're paying $10 tops for these games. And I think that's great if you have... That will give more people access to these games, because a lot of these games don't even have the distribution that they did before. Like, it's hard to find some of these games. Oh, I know that. Collectors So, exactly. Collectors hog them up and just keep them. But it gives people access to games that they wouldn't normally be able to play, which are either too scarce to find or out of their price range. So I think that's a really good benefit of the Virtual Console, even even with the emulation around, because you're never going to get perfect emulation of every game. 
It doesn't really happen. Well, no, but I mean, when it's when we're talking about some of the older systems, you're getting better in emulation. Like uh, Nintendo Super Nintendo, there are emulators out there that do better jobs than the original. They, they smooth but out the... But the Wii can do the same thing. Yeah, but... And it's going to be under Nintendo supervision, so it'll be even better. I, yeah, but There's no way it, it's going to be worse than an emulator. Yeah, but people sure. can also... The people who do emulators will... There are ways to actually get your Super Nintendo controller to work with the emulator so you can play it on the official controller even. Whereas sure. with the Nintendo Virtual Console, you have this classic remote, which is kind of a bastard child of all of these uh, different ideas of controllers, and they're not any, you know, any play style on that new retro controller that's going to be for the Wii it doesn't look or feel like anything that the original controllers felt or played like. It's close, I, but no cigar. I think it has a basic idea, and I don't think that's really that important. It has an A and a B button. Would you rather play... If I'm playing Super Mario Brothers, all I need is an A, a B, and a directional pad. Well, that's true. Let's, let's look <laughs> at it this way, though. If you're playing a Nintendo 64 game, would you rather play GoldenEye on the 64 controller or on the new Wii retro controller? Or would I rather play it on the Wii Mode? How about it, that? Is that even possible? I mean, oh, I'm sure it would be. Nintendo would be insane not to put GoldenEye on the Wii Mode. I don't. I don't know if they're going to do that or not, though. If they uh, did that, they have they, to. If they don't do that, they're stupid. There's, there's no way that, to play GoldenEye on that classic control. It's not possible. They don't have an they, analog they stick. They do. The classic control has the analog stick. It's wired. It's not the. There's the nunchuck and the Wii remote, and then the classic controller has no, two analog sticks. I thought on. it had the, just the D pad. No, it has dual analog sticks uh. on it. But it, there's no Z button. That that is the thing that made Goldeneye it's so fire great. Button. It's the it's like the trigger. I mean, you, when you were playing, it was like you were actually shooting a gun because the Z button's position. It was sure. it was great, and that's yeah. the way I want to play my Goldeneye. I don't want to play it on this new controller that doesn't have you that. You don't want to play it on the Wiimote? I would love to. If play it Goldeneye has on the Wiimote, Wiimote functionality, that would be interesting, and maybe I would like that better. So I, I'll insane, give you that. Maybe insane not to do. If that. they did that, then hell, maybe it would be better. Uh, maybe even a more fun version of Goldeneye, which would be great. But now that Rare is in the uh, in the pocket of Microsoft, is there going to be a Virtual Console version of that that game? It's hmm, a good question. What happens with all the, these? The rare games that were for Nintendo, are they going to be on Virtual Console? Is there going to be some kind of legal red tape to keep GoldenEye and Perfect Dark from your Virtual Console? It'd be interesting if GoldenEye showed up on the 360. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> uh, the, the, That'd the, be a complete role reversal. There. They would have to get the, the 007 license again to even uh, do that, yeah. which now EA owns that, and they've been destroying it. <laughs> I love EA! Please send us stuff, EA. Yeah, EA, you're just send great. Send us cash, preferably. No games. Yeah, we don't want any games. Games suck. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Hey, they're cookie-cutter games, Send us man. free stuff, EA. Don't listen to him. I'm editing you out of this. Yeah, send yeah. me cash so we'll I can buy, buy, your, buy games. your games. Sure. Just send us cash, EA. We'll buy your I, games. I love how you, your games are... are uh, come on. on a... We'll rag on EA next podcast. Next All podcast, right. everybody... Rag on EA Day. Maybe. Maybe. We'll try we'll to see. fit some of that in. Probably not, but we'll try. 
<laughs> there won't be a second one because EA will have... Because nobody's listening to this one! I know. Come on, guys. Get on the forums. Send us some email. Tell us you hate us. Tell, tell us, us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Tell us you love us. Don't tell us you hate us. Well, well tell, tell us that too, but... Tell us whatever you actually feel. How's that? No, and, no, uh, no, no. People are going to be sending some weird shit in. I don't want to <laughs> know how they feel. I don't want to know what they feel. Just tell us whether you hate us or love us. How about that? That works. Tell us that. We'll be sure to share that on uh, another session of uh, Power Play. We will have a segment once we actually get some uh, feedback. We will share any and all mail on this to the extent possible on this Yeah, as much program. as we can. Uh, once we and start getting the, 800 we're messages not going a to day, be, yeah. I don't think we'll have time for that. No, but uh, we will share love and hate and all of the above. We will we will read. Mostly the hate. Well, I like to read hate mail. The hate hate yeah, mail is fun. It is. It's more fun it. than, than the love letters Con- that I get. Constructive criticism given with a slice of knife in your back. I got one love letter in high school. 18 hate letters. Really? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, it was all hate, hate letters, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny guy, folks. Funny guy. Stop brandishing that soldering gun at me. Alright, well, now I guess we should talk about the next, uh, in our line of topics. What are we playing right now, Jim Jones? What well, are we, what are you playing currently? I, what has you? I bought a DS, Lite. Uh, uh-huh. Which Two color? days before the black one came out. I, a white, obviously. A couple days before the black and pink came out. What day was that? I don't know. Like, three weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh... I forget exactly the date. And I bought two games. The only two that I have at the moment. Uh, I should be getting some more this week, but... I only have two right now. Which are New Super Mario Brothers and Mario Kart. Very, very fine choices. Great I have games. those games. But the only complaint I had is I really wish they were a little bit longer because yeah. I don't have a whole lot to do uh, aside <laughs> from this podcast and read hate mail. Keep keep sending the hate mail, guys. And uh, <laughs> the games, it took me like two days, I think, of pretty steady play to beat Super Mario Brothers, new Super Mario Brothers, with all three stars, beat every level, yeah, got all insane. the coins. I'm still working on my star coins. Yeah, it, it didn't really take that long. Of course, I did use a guide for probably ten of the stars. Oh, well, the, there you the go. Last I could find. Yeah, it would have taken me a lot longer because some of those are just really difficult. Yeah. I've, I've so far, I've, I've cleared four out of the eight worlds as far as completing the star coins, and I've not used a guide whatsoever. Wow. And it's more rewarding, I think. I hate guides. I don't like using them. Yeah, I, I just wanted to beat the whole thing. I'm actually... I'm ridiculous when it comes to this, but I'm thinking, I'm considering ridiculous. going through and beating the game with all three stars on the other two safe spots as well. That's the geekiest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. I, I'm sorry. It's, it, it, I guess it's my OCD acting up or something, but I've got to see nine stars when I start there. That's my name and all that, three I, Now I that's know. true completism. <laughs> I think so. Thank God they didn't give me more save spots, huh? That's that's <laughs> fucking crazy. 
anyway, but this game is really fun. It it's the yeah. classic Mario Brothers, yeah. Super Mario Brothers. It's, it's the exact same thing. It has really, really nice, sharp graphics. Yes, they do. I was thoroughly it's, impressed with the. 3D. It's really pretty, and yeah. it's 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 just a side-scrolling layout, but it's got the 3D graphics yeah. with the side scroll with the 2D uh, plane. Yeah, and that's definitely the first thing I noticed about the game when I turned it on. It's a unique. Is how good it looks. Yeah, it looks good. Very bold and good colors. Very sharp. Good visuals. It's also got uh, a yeah. nice control, too. I was going to say, it, well. it handles very well. Um, the only thing quite that I really didn't like about it, good aside as the from how fast I beat it, was that stinking shell, man. The shell suit. Whatever that is, I cannot control the that thing. And I know suit. I've been told that it gets easier to control as you get better with it. But it does. I I really have trouble controlling that thing. I end up off a cliff. I end up doing something stupid and dying. You all you have to do is let go of the B button. Yeah, and but you I can't instantly run. stop. But I can't run without turning into the stupid shell yeah, and bouncing off. The, right. That's what that's I hate. The that's the my only heel of the suit. I don't yeah. like that either. But I've learned how to at least control it better. Multiplayer, yeah, I, have I still not. kick your ass. I, <laughs> but it really has little to do with my mastery of the shell suit. Just my, my mastery of platforming in general. The game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was really the only complaint I had with it. Other than that, great game, and it's gotten really high ratings on all the sites, of course. Yeah. Nintendo pretty much does no wrong with Mario I'm looking games. forward to a new Super Mario Brothers 2. I Watch want minis. No, that's that's Mario vs Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong yeah. 2. Yeah. That I have not oh, played they, yet. Oh, they they have Super Mario That's out already. 2 in the works. New Super Mario Brothers 2 in the works. No, it's not been announced, but I'm just oh, okay. uh, I'm just going out on a limb here and assuming that they will because I mean it's just it's been one of their most successful games. I hope I am just uh, the Mario fan in me is just has faith that they'll do some, another one because I sequel in the Mario it. series. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unheard of. No Monstrous. way. <laughs> yes. What I would rather see in it is I know this is what you're playing. But I love Mario, so I'm going to talk about it. I um, would right. love to see in a sequel a flying suit again. This new Super oh, Mario yeah. Brothers, it felt just like the first one in a lot of ways, and that's what they were basing on. That's mm-hmm. that's a great formula. But I have been Super f- Mario three. I ever since Mario three, I've been mm-hmm. able to have a flying Mario in my Mario games. I've been ha- able to have. I want a raccoon suit. Damn it. Bring the raccoon <laughs> suit back. Yeah, forget the turtle shell suit. Forget I don't this. want that. We don't want that. I again. want the raccoon tail. Or better yet, what was the name of the suit? The that was suit? No, no, the one that was... No, the, there's the cape. Our producer's talking about the cape. Uh, uh, that was great in all the different the cape, ways yeah. you could fly with that. Super but I'm, no, I'm talking... No, I'm talking about the suit in Mario 3 that was the like... frog suit. No, no, the one where you could fly. So many but suits. Turned to st- there was a lot of suits. There was the boots and suits and all kinds of things. Hammer Brothers suit. I mean the, the one, one where you didn't have to run to fly. No, you, you still had to run. To- no, you're talking about the power wing, and that's uh, not what I'm talking about either. How many suits were in this game? Come Mario on. 3 had the most <laughs> suits. I love the game because of that. I like the frog suit. 
favorite. Whatever it was called, Tanuki or something. We should look this Tanuki. up online. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. I don't remember it. But you could turn into a stone statue. Ah, that's right. It was the coolest thing ever. There hasn't been any feature in a Mario game since that has so enthralled me as being able to turn Mario into a stone-looking Egyptian-style statue and be invulnerable, as well as fly. <laughs> the suit could fly, too. You could fly with it just like the raccoon, but it enveloped his all but Mario's face. Wikipedia, the all-knowing presence of Wikipedia is Tanuki suit. The Tanuki suit. I was close. Allows Mario to fly, just like Raccoon Mario. Mario can also become a statue of Jizzo while in this form. Jizzo? Jizzo. Is <laughs> the name of that? Jizzo is the name of the statue. Wow, I'm not uh, going to touch uh, that. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot about the boot! The Goomba shoe. Yes, you forgot oh, that? Memories. Rendering him temporarily invincible by pressing down and B. The suit is based on the Japanese Tanuki. Statue Mario can be activated in midair and thus stomp many enemies that cannot normally be defeated, such as lava lotuses and thwomps. I didn't know that or either remember that. Statue Mario can also defeat enemies and take multiple hits, such as Koopas, in one stomp. Yeah. Need like a hundred. Very similar to the others. I mean, there's a lot of power ups for this. The P Wing, that's what I was thinking of. The P Wing, yeah. That you could just pop on and fly through entire stages. Yeah. Good way to cheat your way through the hard ones. And if I love to do one thing, it's cheat. But I would love to see a new DS Mario, a new Super Mario Brothers. We just two. got like four Super Mario Brother games, four Mario games for the DS, man. What do you we got? What new for? Super Mario Brothers. We got Mario Kart. We got Hoops. We've got Donkey Kong vs Mario. There's a big difference in Mario <laughs> themed games and actual, and actual Mario, Mario games. games. They're all good, but I'm uh, more of the actual Mario game fan than the offshoots. I want the Mario platformers, and I want them in mass. And I want them now. <laughs> you sound like you're 12 years old over there. Takes me back. I feel like I'm 12 when I play Mario again. I've been playing Mario since I was half that age. Alright, well, I think we all agree that we'd like to see more Mario games. I don't know anybody who doesn't like Mario. There are people who hate Mario. No, get out of here. If you hate Mario, write us and tell us. Tell us why, too. Don't just tell us I hate Mario. Tell me why you hate Mario. Yeah, exactly. And not because he's ugly, even though he's one of our top seven. Well, not Ugly's not a seven. reason not to play the game. I agree with uh, Wario, but not with no, Mario. No, Mario's pretty hideous, too. No, but dude. yeah, write in and tell us why you hate Mario, if you hate Mario. And uh, yeah, we will check it out. Read it on the air, possibly. So is that all you're playing, uh, Jim? No, I am also playing the only other ga DS game that I bought, which is Mario Kart DS. How you liking that? I love this game. This game has the classic feel of Mario 64. Mario Kart 64, rather. Right. But it also has beautiful new graphics. I love these graphics. And it has Fully new courses. Fully 3D carts. Yeah, fully 3D everything, 3D right? carts, finally. I mean, it's... Uh, well, we've had... We've 64. had 3D. 64 did not have 3D carts. It had sprites. Oh, Jesus. Carts were sprites. Yes. 
give him send him hate mail because he didn't know that. This is all getting edited out. Yeah, well. No, it's not. Let's see about that. <laughs> this is all live, folks. We don't edit anything on this show. This is completely live. You just stream of it. consciousness. It's completely live. You can fast forward, rewind. It's it's all live. It, it, it's, yeah, call in. Call us right now. Call in right 888-555-1212. Give us a call. Did you just make that up? I mean, no, that's the number. That's our number. I know. Yeah. I know that. What? They, they should call you it You gotta right get now. with the program, man. I didn't... I didn't know. Okay. Well, give us a call. Tell us how much you hate us. Give us a call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say that Mario Kart DS is the best Mario Kart ever. I agree. I really do agree, and I'm a huge fan of Mario Kart 64. And I love that game. I don't know of any other game that has ever in my life made me go out in the middle of the night down the street to my local IHOP, my international <laughs> house of pancakes in my town, just for the Wi-Fi service so I can well, sit in their parking lot and play with people in Japan. I have to say that that's probably because this that. is the first system that you could do that on. Probably, probably not because it's the first game that you wanted to do that with. Well, you're probably right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I completely agree. This. But I've always wanted to play Mario Kart online, and sure. I can't. And we I can think everybody now. has. At now we, we can. can. Now we can. And we can play the best version of it online. Like you were saying earlier, this is probably the best version of the game. I would have to agree. Great controls. Great new uh, power-ups. And add to that the online play and wireless, you have a heck of a uh, wireless uh, local play and Wi-Fi play. And being new to the whole DS thing, I have to say that is the wireless is one of the best features on any handheld I've ever seen. I love the wireless play. Built-in wireless, it's great. It's great. No wires, nothing to encumber me when I'm playing these games. I just yeah. fire up my DS. So does my buddy, even if he doesn't have the same game I have. Most of the time. Not, yeah. Most of the time. There are See, a lot of <laughs> exceptions. There's not a standard with that. I know that. And that it really bugs me when people get pissed off because a game doesn't have that. People, this is not normal for these games to have this. This is not the standard. Don't be expecting every single game to have that. Well, this is the first portable system, that and the PSP. That has the wireless. That control. has online ability. Yeah. No other. I mean, you've had you've been able to link portables before, and there was even wireless packs you could get with the uh, GBA there at the end. And sure, you've been able to link up with your buddies in a room with your Game Boy and other systems for a long while, but you've never been able to go wirelessly online before in a portable uh, portable gaming system. Sure, but you've been you've been paying basically the same amount for these games. For how long now? I mean years and years and years. Do you automatically expect that you're gonna get better features for the same price? No you don't. You shouldn't expect these things. I think that is a bonus really. The fact that you get to play the game and you can play it multiplayer online and you can play it wirelessly with someone who does have the cart I think playing it with someone who doesn't have the card is just a huge bonus that we should be grateful that we get, not that we should expect in every game. Yeah, it, a lot of these features are newer features, and and I, I think that with certain... After 
a certain period of time passes after you've done a thing and you've set a standard that people do start to expect it. It becomes sure. a standard after a while. I but mean, I think we're way it, too it's early. It's an innovation it when it first comes out and a revolution when it first happens, but uh, a- after it happens and it comes out that way, suddenly everybody expects that's now the standard because you have to keep improving, obviously. So people think that that is now the standard, and I'm along those lines. I'm a greedy bastard. I want the <laughs> best, you know? I, yeah... I think it's premature, though. I think the DS has only been out for a year and a half now. Yeah. I think it's premature to expect these features in every single game we get on the DS. Well, I mean, look how long Mario Kart's been out, though. It's been out for a long time. Most of the the DS... uh, uh, Yeah, but I'm talking about the DS version. Ah, And it's had all these great features, you know, from early on. And now we're getting the new lineup of DS games like Mario Hoops and it doesn't have these features? But that seems like a, a step backwards to me. I mean, if you've set a standard and you've come out with this great, perfect version of Mario Kart with the online features and the, you know, downloadable content and everything like this, and then you come out with your new Mario Sports title and it doesn't have these features, I have to ask, what the hell is going on? You know, Nintendo, why... You know, even if other developers are making these games, if you're starting to introduce new features and make that standard in some of your products, you should see your other developers follow suit. If I recall, didn't Square Enix make this game? Make Mario yeah, Hoops? Mario Hoops, they did. Yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't think we can hold them to the same standard that we're holding Nintendo to, really. I mean, yeah. Well, I, should, I, I certainly do. I mean, they're. Oh, I wouldn't. Mario Kart's the first company. party game. The features that they developed are theirs, pretty much. I well, Nintendo has had longer to develop for the DS. And they they know their hardware inside and out. I mean, they built it. It's going to yeah. be much easier for them to develop these things than for some third-party company to do it. Well, they need to start making their developers as, as skilled with their sure. new technologies if they, if they want a strong, well-rounded system. Well, I say give it another year, and I think this will probably be pretty close to a standard. Yeah, I think I'm most not, games that come I'm, out will have that. I'm being patient. I'm waiting. Yeah, I think it's just a little bit too early, though, to, to be complaining that we don't have these things. When we have such great games, not having that doesn't detract from the game, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think it does, but uh, a little bit more than you, but we can agree to disagree on this, I guess. All right. So what are you playing, Peter Street? Well, currently I'm playing World of Warcraft. Ooh, yes. Oh, what are you talking it's about? It sucked up too much of my life, man. Sucked up too much of it. You don't know what that means. You're right. I haven't played as long as you. You wake up and you realize that you fell asleep at your computer and your one-year-old is in a shitty diaper that he's been in for the last 12 hours. Then you know it sucked your life away. At least you're not in a diaper. That's all I gotta say. I'll be playing it when I'm in a diaper, probably. But World of Warcraft. I'm exaggerating. I'm going to get a lot of mail about me being a neglectful parent. No, you can be a responsible parent and still play World no. of Warcraft. Impossible. No, you can't. I know. It's just like moderation. I mean, I have been... Just like you can be a responsible parent and do heroin. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, just as long as you do heroin in moderation. Um, no, no. World of Warcraft. Yes. I've been playing it again. I've had 
many months of a hiatus, but recently I've started to get enthused about World of Warcraft again, and I have started to play on my level 60 Paladin again. Basically what has motivated me to do this, not only have I not played in months, but I have been very excited about the Burning Crusade and all of the information I keep seeing about it, flying mounts and the Outland and the Sucker Gwen expansion. Uh-huh. Hooked yeah again. They've got me on their hooks again, yes. So I'm kind of trying to finish getting my epic sets and, uh, you know, trick out my paladin so I can uh, be ready to explore the Outlands and, and shoot for level 70 and just kind of get reacquainted with my guild again so I can be involved when it comes time to raid these new instances. So I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft, preparing for the Burning Crusade. Also, uh, currently, I have just started to play Okami for PlayStation 2. It's very cool, I have to say. Yeah. Unique. Definitely. And uh, I like the artistic style, the manga feel, and uh, very, very uh, interesting so far. Uh, a very long game, as I understand. Uh, 30 plus hours, and I have just begun to scratch the surface on that just a few hours in. So I'm really enjoying that game and I'm enjoying getting reacquainted with uh, the former addiction that is becoming my new addiction again, and that is uh, World of Warcraft, and uh, an effort to uh, prepare my character for the Burning Crusade. So that's what I'm doing. Okay, well I think that uh, about covers what we've been playing. Uh, next week, actually, we'll probably have a bigger what we've been playing section because I'm getting several more DS games in the mail and I will most definitely be playing them. Or at least next cast. Uh, yeah, next next podcast, sorry. Alright, so okay. let's go ahead and move into what I think is our final segment here uh, called What Would You Rather Do? Yes. <laughs> and I think this is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, this week we have <laughs> what would you rather do? Play 100 hours of Superman 64 or... <laughs> play Peter rather, Street? Would you I like would to? rather play 100 hours of World of Warcraft again. No, 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 no. no can't be, you can't let yourself off the hook that easily. You have to ask me what would I rather do. Play 100 hours of Superman 64 or... There's really not much I wouldn't rather do, and if I'm going to ask you this question, then I would guess I would have to say, would you rather play a hundred hours of Superman 64, or play 100 hours of... I'll take it. <laughs> oh, oh! I, I want to hear the option first. What? <laughs> okay, probably wise. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was going to, to say a hundred hours of Prison Tycoon for the PC. Prison Tycoon. Prison Tycoon. Is that a real game? It is a real game. It's oh a, my Unbelievably, God. it's a real game. You can become the tycoon of a prison. This is a plea to the publishers of the tycoon games. Uh, no more. No more. 
Yes. Zoo it's tycoon. Gone too far. Prison tycoon. Mm-hmm. Railroad How can tycoon. you possibly be a tycoon of prison? tycoon. Um, I'm not sure. I've not played. Aren't this they game, all state? But run? I never want to really. State I'm... and federal run. I don't think you can be a tycoon of prisons. I think you're the gu- you you are actually the law in the prison. You're not a prisoner. Then how are you a? No, no, I know. How can you be a tycoon of a prison? It's it's retarded. I, uh, I don't believe I, you. For one, I don't believe you in this game. All right, show here me. we go. I'm going to you're gonna have to show it. me. While you're doing that, I will. Would you rather? I would rather play. I don't care. I haven't even heard of this game, but I'd rather play the Prison Tycoon because I've played Superman 64. At least I'd be getting something new and potentially much better than Superman 64. I don't think it could be much worse. And I here see is Prison the game tycoon. only for 9.99 now. Wow, that's dropped in price. <laughs> here, let me read a. Let me read this uh, synopsis of the game. From chaos comes order. Private prisons have become the new growth industry. You will construct and run an efficient rehabilitation facility with <laughs> nothing but money on your mind. Why didn't they call this There's sim prison? There's no escaping under your watchful eye as you oversee every detail of prison life. <laughs> oh my god. Manage prisoner sentences from time off for good behavior to rehabilitation training. Hire and control your prison staff. Set up and run prison industries. Influence prisoner morale by creating inmate activities, breaking up fights, and handling gang problems. <laughs> Establish your facility's reputation as the ultimate correctional institution. Crime doesn't pay, but justice does. Prison Tycoon. Rated teen for violence. We're sending this tape to EA, see if Peter Street can get an audition for the announcer. I should. I, I, I really sold this game I'm never going to play, didn't I? You sold it, and I'm ready to play it. Over Superman 64. <laughs> you know, I probably I probably would, too. Yeah. I okay. Too. Well, then I'm going to pose the question to you, sir. Would you rather play 64 hours, or play 100 <laughs> hours of <laughs> Superman 64, or spend 100 hours... Testing the limits of human flexibility. Excuse me? You'll be the guinea pig. What are you... Testing the limits of human flexibility in some sort of machine. Exactly uh, how dangerous is this going to (laughs) be? You're testing the limits, buddy. (laughs) I'm testing the limits. You are testing the limits of human flexibility. How, how painful and dangerous is this? Imagine how painful it is, is for you to bend over and touch your toes. That's not the limit. I assure you that. Basically, would I rather be stretched out like in medieval times? Exactly. Or play 100 hours of Superman Would you rather Superman end up 64? on the rack for 100 hours or Superman 64? It's <laughs> what I'm getting at. 100 hours on the rack. <laughs> or 100 hours... Playing Superman 64. Yeah. Damn, that's hard. That's a tough <laughs> one, really. Because having played Superman 64, knowing that the experience is much more akin to having needles shoved into your very sensitive organs. And you've never been on the rack. You don't I've know not how tried it is. It. 
it might be, you know... More pleasant. I go to chiropractors a lot, and it may be similar. Possibly. I'm sure I could probably use a rack. We'll find you a cushion rack. It's got a cushion on it? It has a cushion. If it has a cushion, I'm going to have to say 100 hours on the rack, as long as it's not going to kill me, because Superman 64 would probably kill me. There you have it. 100 hours of prison tycoon and 100 hours on the rack. (laughs) Are better than 100 hours with Superman Superman 64. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. Jim... I think that Peter. pretty much brings us to the end of our inaugural grand beginning episode of Power Play. I think so. But uh, before we go, have a couple things we need to uh, discuss with the listeners. First off, we want to tell everyone to send us their love or hate mail at powerplaygeeksongames.com. And as well, we would like to hear from you on our forums, which can be found at geeksongames.com Feel free to discuss the topics mentioned and your views on them and how much you hate and disagree with that or how much you uh, find that my opinions are always superior to Jim's. Or you can shoot yourself in the face. You could do that too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) But why deny the truth? Just post on our forums, geeksongames.com. com. And we'll be coming back to you... Two weeks. In two Sorry, weeks. Sorry, guys, this is not a weekly podcast. We do not have that no. kind of time. No, we are working men. But uh, come back and see us in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll have some fresh content. We'll have some goodies. And until then, see you later. Goodbye. Thank mm-hmm. you.